Hello, it's Tuesday the 11th of September and you know what it was today? Hot. It was hot and it completely took me by surprise and I didn't enjoy it because I don't like the hot weather and it wasn't that hot, it was just too hot for what I had chosen to wear assuming that the day would be cooler so I was wearing a stripy shirt and the fabric was too thick and I didn't really have anything on underneath it that I could remove it and just wear that. So I got stuck wearing something that made me feel too hot. And feeling too hot and feeling too cold are experiences that I don't enjoy. And out of the two of them, feeling too hot makes me more upset. It makes me agitated. Feeling too cold makes me feel sad and, and hard done by and put upon. Whereas feeling too hot makes me feel like screaming. I think I have a very narrow window of optimal operating temperature and it doesn't take much. So it was 24 and a half degrees in the car on the way home. And I had really dressed for about 19, I think. 20 max, 22 at a pinch, but 24 just pushed me over the edge. And so I come to you to deliver this cast a little bit distressed and burnt out and over it and pushed beyond my elastic limit. <laughs> and it's actually quite frequently on Tuesdays that I realise this is, this is not a good day for me. It's not like when I used to do the women's show on a Tuesday night on 3D and I had no children. This is completely different. I have both of my children. I have to get both of them ready for bed. I have to feed both of them. I have to think about what they're going to wear tomorrow. I have to think about what I'm going to wear tomorrow. And there is a point in the day where I just go, oh, I really don't want to do all this. I really don't. I really don't. But I did have some things that I wanted to talk to you about because I've had a lovely week um, in terms of researching interesting things and reading interesting things and discovering new books that I just decided I couldn't live without and one click away I've purchased them and then I find myself looking at my bank balance going "Ooh, you've got a book problem Hermione and in the meantime I did start reading White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo and the book is a lot better than its forward which is good because I really did find the forward a bit much um, it's already a very interesting book uh, the cartoon that was published in the Herald Sun has drawn a fair bit of ire from uh, people who consider the depiction of Serena Williams to be a racist and sexist depiction and he's completely whitewashed the race of the opponent of Serena Williams because there's been this big debacle going on because Serena Williams played in this final against this other lady and the other lady won but there was some line calls that Serena wasn't happy with and eventually the theory is that one of these line calls lost her the the game. I I'm I'm not I didn't really I didn't watch it so I, I don't really follow it but I feel I feel for Serena Williams. It's almost like I didn't feel for Serena Williams until she had her baby, which is interesting. Um but the way that she's shared her vulnerability and frustration and also they said she couldn't wear that super suit thing that she wanted to wear where is my super suit why do you need to know and it's like 
Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. That's racist. I'm really sorry. It's just that's... I looked at that leotard thing and it makes me think of the word supersuit and saying supersuit makes me think of the lines of the guy who turns everything to Frozen and there's been criticism lobbed at the character of Frozone's wife that she is a racial stereotype. So there you go. Robin D'Angelo is correct. If I, if I do one thing, at least I can self-assess that I have got some – I operate in a racist paradigm. That's not a good feeling. But awareness is always the first step to change, right? I don't want to be racist. Moving on, I wanted to talk about something which brought me infinitely more joy this this last week. Um, I know that I've talked to you in the past about Billions and about the actor Paul Giamatti and how much I love him and how much I love Maggie Siff and why um, I am I'm sort of I enjoy Billions, but I'm still critical of it. I think that the music is a little derivative, if not an outright ripoff of other TV scores. But in the episode that I watched most recently, which is episode five of season three, and it's called the, not the, it's called Flaw in the Death Star. And it's a remarkable episode for so many reasons. There is just cracker of a line after cracker of a line, just amazing performances. There's a gesture that Maggie Siff does that is just gorgeous. But there is a subplot in Floor in the Death Star and it's where the title of the episode comes from and it forms the first on-screen guilt-free, not guilt-free, it's almost like, okay, it may, it's about Taylor. Taylor Mason is the fem female non-binary character played by Asia Kate Dillon they are amazing and um, the way that the series deals with Taylor's non-binary gender, the, the relaxed nature with which the pronouns are adopted and never questioned and Billions went one step further in this episode by granting Taylor a romantic plot they experience an attraction. The attraction leads to a scene. It's, it leads to a romance and it's, it, it gave me so much pleasure, so much, so much pleasure to watch that I found myself not wanting to move on. I wanted to watch it again. And it's, a, and it's a feeling that reminds me very much of the feeling that I had watching San Junipero from Black Mirror. There's an excellent review of Flora and the Death Star on Refinery29 if you're interested in reading it. But I think, and the review in Refinery29 did point out to me what to me was the most interesting point of the episode, which is that here you have a non-binary gender forward character who is not 
raped. She's, they are not attacked. They are not humiliated. They are not killed. They simply hook up, have a satisfying episode of romantic interaction with another character and go about their business. And the, the beauty, the, the satisfaction as a viewer that I got from watching that episode was right up there with Harry proposing to Charlotte in that episode of Sex and the City, which I just love. I watched that YouTube clip far more than I'd like to really admit. Um, and, and I think the moments where Taylor, Taylor's eyes soften looking at her love in their love interest. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Their love interest. I'm missing the point completely. I, I am, I am not someone who feels completely comfortable being branded as female. I don't like being told that I have to perform femaleness all the time. Um, I don't like being told to wear female attire or to act in a female manner. It's, it's that because it feels like that's up to me. That's my individual choice and how I perform my gender and my and what what my gender says about my sexuality is absolutely nobody's business. And I know that the difficulty that I that I get into is when I want to talk about how much it means to me to see that Taylor is given the full character experience, the full dimensions of a of a character in a TV show of the quality of billions. And I know it's hard not to lapse into the pronouns that I'm more familiar with, that, that, that I understand. But at the moment, that episode of Billions is my, is my world. I love it. I love it so much. It's my favourite thing. <laughs> my favourite thing in contemporary culture is that episode of Billions. And I wouldn't recommend that anybody rush ahead and watch it without watching the rest of the series. It's it's one that delivers the biggest um, hit if you are already invested in the characters and if you have already subscribed to the adventurousness of the series in terms of how it represents power structures and gendered relationships and, um, I suppose, sexual discourse how people talk about what they want and who they are and what they need and how they feel. And and then Taylor, in a way, as a character, is a complete palate cleanser from the the kind of... I mean, it's, it's rather an adorable kind of uh, Better Homes and Gardens, Fifty Shades of Grey debauchery that the, um, the Rhodes couple are into. It's a healthy expression of the power dichotomy in their relationship and it's not it's not weird it's not doesn't make you feel sick it's not gross it's, it's awesome and funny and beautiful and meaningful and um I really 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 am impressed very impressed with the direction that Billions has chosen chosen to go in and the inclusion of a character like Taylor who is unlike he's they are unlike a character that I have encountered before. 
echoes of maybe Calamity Jane in Deadwood, the kind of not female female character. Um, yeah, fantastic writing, excellent show. One continuity error which I couldn't help but notice involving a glass of bourbon in Wags's office, but suspension of disbelief is the great measure of, of um, that kind of that kind of theatre or art or whatever, you've got to be able to suspend your disbelief that, yeah, maybe he did pour her another glass at some point in a scene that I didn't see, but in terms of the timing, I can see how they couldn't really fit in going back and fixing it, but all up, damn near perfect. Damn near perfect TV. Highly recommended. That's really probably the thing I wanted to talk about the most. So on that note, Sorry, I'm a bit uh, rag-end at the end of my Tuesday, but I do wish you all the best. I really want you to take care of yourself, and I will do my best to see you next Tuesday. <laughs>